0: Hello and welcome to DMC's with Clarissa, where everything that goes beyond small talk is discussed. Hello and welcome to another episode of DMC's with Clarissa. Today, I'm going to be talking about the topic of identity with Marta.
1: Hi everyone, hi Clarissa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just to quickly introduce myself. Mm -hmm. So I met um, Clarissa during our Masters at um, Imperial. We were there together and, um, well, as she said, we'll be talking a little bit about identity today. So I'm um, originally, I'm from Spain, but I grew up around, a little bit around Europe. We'll get into that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because this is going to be my my first question to you actually. Like, why did you choose the topic of identity? What do you think this is a topic that you can share some knowledge and insights about?
1: So, identity is something that's always been a bit of a blur for me. Um, Not necessarily a bad thing, um, but just something that as I was growing up, um, I was a little confused. (laughs) So, I was um, originally born in. Brussels, and um, then moved to London very early on when I was about two years old. Um, and very funny story, apparently I took around like, I didn't speak until I was like three and a half, <laughs> very well, because I was just hearing one language at nursery, one language at home, and then on top of that, we were, my brother was going to school in French. So it was all a bit like confusing, and I mm-hmm. took a while to speak. So. I think from a very young age, I took a while to understand my identity um, alongside the kind of speaking example there. And I think there are a lot of um, kids just like me, um, well I know there are because of the different schools I've gone to, a lot of kids were in the same situation as me or even more mixed up complicated situation and I just think it's a really important topic to talk about, and especially because. Uh, people like myself and uh, kids similar to me that have grown up similar to me, and also like you, I think enjoy the most kids that are also just completely mixed up um, and from sort of everywhere, more than sometimes even their own nationality, because they feel more understood um, by them. And so I thought it was a very interesting topic.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's a a really interesting topic to talk about. And now we're going to dive into the first question Mm -hmm. so as you've mentioned you've lived in different countries you were surrounded by a lot of different languages so which languages do you speak and how do you think this has affected you speaking all these different languages because you also already mentioned that it took you quite a while to speak at all Mm -hmm. but then I think probably also later on in life it has had an effect on how you develop your identity.
1: So in terms of the languages that I speak um, so that would be English obviously which I'm using today, I'm originally Spanish, so Spanish, um, French and um, Italian which I recently picked up as well uh, thanks to my partner (laughs) who's from there so I thought that would be important for me to start picking up and as soon as I started um, studying it a little bit I actually learned it through podcasts Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that I also am innately a bit of a geek for languages and nerds so I just enjoy them and I'll sit down and work on it because I like it Um, so those are the ones that I speak and I think in terms of how I've grown up with those, uh, it can only be positive uh, what they've brought for me Um, I'm forever grateful for how I grew up with uh, with those languages and with that mix of cultures because that's what's developed me today uh, in my personal life and in my um, professional life and it's opened a huge amount of doors uh, and I think that my uh, capability to adapt to people and scenarios is pretty crazy because I had to do that growing up so I would just suddenly be in a classroom um, full of French people. When I suddenly uh, moved to Brussels and I did not speak French, so I was very very lost in class for like the first few months. I was actually failing in my classes quite a bit. It wasn't a French school, but half our subjects were in French. But um, suddenly woke up one day and could speak French, which is just how our brains work when we're younger, which is just insane. And today I just feel like whenever I meet new people from different cultures, I'm more much more capable of clicking with them, uh, because I'm just used to this mix of people, and I enjoy that. Um, what I found when I went to university is that, yes, it was very international, but it was almost very cliquey within the international, the nationalities, sphere. Right? Mm-hmm. And I found that really sad, because I came from a school where we were all mixed together, so all the Spanish, French, Greek, Germans, Dutch were just all together, and much more, many more. Um, and then I went to uni and I realised that, you know what, this isn't school, like I have to also adapt to this, okay, that's fine. Um, so I would be like, okay, well let's go make some friends with maybe the Spanish people, you know, from there I should be able to integrate. No, 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 not that easy, doesn't matter if you're from there, same thing happened with like the French people um, and so on. But this was my experience at Bath and then... Over time, I had different university experiences where I had the experience I had in school, which is very much what happened at Imperial, where all nationalities really just mix together. And I think that I struggle when that does not happen um, a little bit. And so uh, at uni, I almost felt like I had to become a bit more, um, you know, learn that English slang, that like those expressions and sort of adapt to whoever I was around because some people were used to a mix, but other people weren't and I wanted to be accepted, so in a way, it's, yeah, it's not easy because you're, when you're moved out of your little bubble completely mixed into a different one, um, maybe not everyone is used to that maybe they're used to their small hometown, where everything is in Dutch or everything is in so-and-so language and when they go to university in English, in England they want to find those Dutch people and they only want to be with those Dutch people because they're not interested in you and your mixing and so on. So that can be a bit difficult in terms of then finding your identity in other areas. So you just have to, you know, accept that maybe not everyone is interested in being your friend (laughs) or around you. Um, So this was maybe one side that was a little harder, but I wouldn't say that I suffered from it or anything like that. It's just something I had to learn. Overall, it was very, very positive because I was able to build different groups, um, very, very close different groups. So I was able to have French friends and Spanish friends and Danish friends. Um, the people I basically grew up with at university are Danish, French, Dutch, uh, Italian, Pakistani. <laughs> They're from everywhere. And for me, that's where I feel comfortable. Not around everyone who's just as, like from Spain because I'm from there. Um, and same thing at work. Um, at work, languages have opened a huge amount of doors for me. Every single language I speak, I work in. So I work in four different markets, thanks to that. And that for me is great, because that allows me to do exactly what I love, which is to speak to people from different backgrounds and have to adapt from one work to another. And that's exactly what I want to do with my life. Basically be surrounded by people from different cultures, have to adapt to them and how they work um and understanding that is just something that I grew up learning and I really, really enjoy it. And I think it shapes you in a completely different way. Um my parents used to tell me like when you go to school, remember to, you know, when you're in your French class, open the French drawer in your brain and then close it when you go to um your English class and close it and do not mix them. They always told me, you know, we don't want you to just be able to speak four languages and speak them badly. You know, if you speak four languages, you need to speak them properly and use them. So they would be really strict in the sense of like, you close that drawer when you're not speaking in it and do not mix the languages and so on. And yeah, a metaphor that I always think about when I'm around people as
0: well. That's really interesting because I always mix my English and my German. I always
1: still mix, by the way. (laughs) Especially now with Italian, there's a lot of similarities, it's hard not to mix.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But no, that's uh, it's really it's really cool. Also, the whole personal part that you got into, like with finding your friends and who you belong to, and I think for for the people that because in my head I also think it's an advantage to having moved around, seen a, a lot of different cultures. Yeah. But the people that just grow up in one town, one city, living there their whole life, probably in the same house as well, and their parents still live there while they're mm-hmm. now at university. They they've never experienced it, so I think mm-hmm. for them not kind of accepting you maybe as like a hundred percent Spanish person because you didn't grow up there your whole life. It's also a part of them that are scared of something foreign.
1: Maybe, yeah.
0: And when they move here, they're already in a foreign country. Mm. And then speaking to a person that has the exact same background as them will make them feel comfortable.
1: Exactly.
0: And honestly, I feel like it's similar to us because Mm -hmm. we don't identify as like a hundred percent this or that nationality. We identify that people that are, I'm gonna use lost for like the lack of a better <laughs> word, but like for this, like, um, yeah, like identity that has a lot of influences, mm-hmm. and we feel better around those people because someone who's maybe a hundred percent one nationality mm-hmm. and is like that nationality through and through is foreign for us mm-hmm. because we don't really identify exactly. with that, so it really goes both ways,
1: exactly, and even in um. I was very lucky in my first year of university we were 14 people in my accommodation which was so much fun in terms of numbers and we there was not a single full breed to say it that way everybody was completely moved. and I don't know if the university did it on purpose <laughs> but I was very lucky and it felt like in that flat I was for, like at school because that's how it was at school for me but then when I left it and went to lectures and so on, I had to adapt, like maybe it was all English people, which, oh, uh, English people, they're super great, uh, or it was all, I don't know, a mixture, maybe a couple of good people, a couple of French people uh, who maybe all uh, smoked and went out at the break and spoke French, and for example, I didn't smoke, so I would just sit in my lecture and maybe try and speak to the person next to me. So. It's not only about the language. You can speak the language, but you need to speak the culture. And if you don't speak the culture, you will not be accepted into that clique, you know. And um, for me, speaking the language is great. But what I love is, going back to the adaptability, being able to speak the culture of the person. And that's why at work, I think they value a lot, not only when you speak the language, but you're able to say... This market, the Spanish market, requires us going there and meeting the clients. There's a lot of human touch that they need. Same thing with the Italian market. French market, not so much. (laughs) You know, they're okay with it. As long as you smoke. Exactly. (laughs) You know, and I have grasped that, luckily, because I've been in all of those countries. So I think that, and a lot of the time, people say this as well. Like, for instance, when they go, they move to Paris and they speak French that does not mean you're going to be friends with the Russian people. You need to speak their kind of way of living, their culture, and fair enough, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's very, very important to, to know that.
0: What would you advise someone who's in the same situation as you were in order to find themselves or stay true to themselves?
1: Mm-hmm. So when you say situation, you grew, grew, up in
0: the grew up in a lot of different countries. And kind of what you were saying as well, like, finding your people but at the same time finding yourself and kind of standing up for yourself in situations where it's maybe difficult
1: yeah um the first thing i want to say is put yourself out there do not fall into the trap of joining the clique of your nationality it's such a trap and it's such a shame Mm -hmm. to only do that um well, that's personally what I did, and I had the best time of my life at university with completely mixed groups, different friends. Yes, I knew some Spanish people. Um, I wasn't mega accepted by them, but I was completely fine with that, because them accepting me doesn't make me more or less Spanish. My parents are so Spanish, <laughs> my grandparents are so. So for me, it was like, okay, whatever. Um, maybe I'll see you around. Um... Put yourself out there. That's the very, very first thing I'll say. Um, You know, make friends from everywhere and then make a lot of friends. And then as you grow up, make your circle smaller. But at first, make a lot of friends. Understand what is a true friend for you. Understand what you want from a friendship, what you want from your different groups. I love having different groups of friends for different things. At uni, I had like my dance girls. I had my best friends that I lived with. I had my lecture friends, my like society friends that I joined different societies as well. And that for me gave me breaths of fresh air every single day, everywhere I walked, anywhere I went for lunch. That's what I like. I mean, obviously you need to be a little bit extroverted for that as well, but I think that if you've grown up like that, you are definitely extroverted, no doubt, because you did not have a choice when you went to 12 different schools. <laughs> so that, I don't have a uh, shadow of doubt. So yeah, definitely put yourself out there and then um, make sure you ground your your values. And, you know, just because the other uh, Spanish girl in your lecture is mega good friends with all of the Spanish group and she's in the WhatsApp group and you're not, who cares? Like, you have just a good life. Probably even better because <laughs> a mixture of diversity is more valuable than staying with one group of people and I will forever person's idea do not let that influence you do not let that make you feel like you're out of the circle like am I making the most of my uni years am I making friends with the right people because you know what then when I would go to the airport to go home to Spain I would run into these people um from my lecture or from uni and I don't care I would go up and say hi to them they would all be sat together on the plane I would go you go and you say hi to them and you do that and you do not let them intimidate you because what are they intimidating? there's nothing to intimidate in any case you're intimidating (laughs) and that's not the point the point is not to be intimidating but the point is to stick to your values and don't let anybody influence you just because they decide to stay in their comfort zone
0: but i think you're bringing up a really good point the fact that finding your friendships is really just about an alignment of views and morals yeah, and if you click balance. on that level mm-hmm. and it really yeah. doesn't matter where you're from exactly. where you were raised how you were raised as mm-hmm. long as it just like works then that's that's enough for exactly. for a really good friendship to to flourish yeah. so what do you think identity means today we're gonna to take a little bit of a of a, of a different direction now mm-hmm. because I think a lot of young people now are, Their identity is also really influenced by social media Mm -hmm. and with social media like instagram and tiktok how do you think it's changing how young people are finding their identity
1: Mm -hmm. so i think it's very different now because we just have obviously with um you just even the fact that we're bringing social media into the conversation is crazy like because genuinely when you you think about identity first of all you think okay where am i from you know, I'm originally from here, great, okay, but you know what, I actually spend most of my life not there, so I'm from there, because um, that's where my family's from, and that's where I go back for Christmas, and it's like, when you go back home, for me, it's, and as cliche as it sounds, I don't care, I still say it, it's, um, who am I going to go see when I go back home, not where I'm going, because I spent Christmases in Dubai and like Marrakesh, and it still felt like Christmas because I was with my family. It doesn't matter if I was in Madrid or in Marrakesh, it was still Christmas. So it's very much about who are those people that make you feel identified. So that's obviously going to be, hopefully, your family and your friends around you. And what makes you feel like you have, um, you know, a personality. Do you express that through clothes? Do you express that through um, what you post? Do you express that through writing? Mm, do you express it through, I don't know, the different activities that you do? Are you a sports addict <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, you love going out? They're both just as great activities. So I think identity is very much the different pillars that make you who you are. So that will probably be your family, your friends, your job and your hobbies and your future goals and A partner at some point in life as well so those pillars are never going to all be stable some will be a bit wobbly (laughs) sometimes you know career might be woo or your family someone might sadly be going through a health um, issue and that's why having all of those pillar foundations very clear you know what they are for you and trying to keep them as strong as possible because one will always be a bit wobbly maybe they won't a little bit of time but unfortunately as humans when things are going too well we're always getting a bit I skeptical yeah. like okay should I leave the house today yeah. <laughs> like will something happen to me if I do um so I think it's about identifying your priorities so your pillars in life maybe at 25 that might be you know career friends family and that's it or it might be at 30 uh you know well starting a family my family career friends traveling or it it changes all the time but you need to make sure you feed your pillars just like a plan you kind of take, take care of those pillars um and for me that's how i that's how i do it and then who is involved in those pillars is gives you the identity of each one and that's how i usually see it and every year that passes my pillars maybe the groups of people in them become smaller but those people i'm probably closer to than when it was maybe a gr- bigger group of people in that pillar. And that's what gives me identity, knowing my pillars. So,
0: Also like prioritizing them, I guess. Of
1: course, the yeah. pillars are your priorities. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool. I've never heard of that concept. I like <laughs> it. It's good.
1: That's how, I, yeah, that's how I think about it. That's how I talk about it with my mom. Maybe <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it's it's really important also now that you're like in the stage like you're mid-20s you know you really your priorities change a lot as well like when i think back and i was 17 18 i had very different priorities Mm -hmm. than i do now also in the sense of like where do i live how long do i want to live in a place Mm -hmm. like in zurich now i've lived in my flat for over a year Mm -hmm. and i never did that in london like after I always mm. moved after twelve months I had to pack up my stuff moved yeah. and now I feel I mean i'm I'm not like a hundred percent settled there mm. but I still feel like okay like I live here now you know stability, yeah. yeah like definitely more stability and I'm not afraid of it because mm. I think when you're young and you live in London, you're also like on the go all the time mm. so you're not very stable at all in it everyone around you is in the same boat yeah. so everyone's moving every year like everyone's always looking for a better for a cheaper apartment. Yeah. And in Zurich, everyone else is so stable as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely like your surrounding as well influences um, how I think you're prioritizing these p- these pillars.
1: Definitely. I think that since I moved to this flat, or I've been here almost three years, Damn. I prioritize like my um, my space a mm-hmm. lot more. I take care of, well, I used to always take care of, like be tiny, etc. But... I wouldn't care so much about my student room like decoration or if it smelled like nice mm-hmm. um, or if it made me feel peaceful inside whereas now oh gosh <laughs> it needs to be like very well um, what's the there's a a way of placing things in your room Feng Shui name. yeah Feng Shui <laughs> I'm not that good at it but I've started reading about it even just that really? fact, just like yeah to you're gonna be nature, there with
0: your so. sage good ones
1: in my room that when I wake up Good vibes, Um, but yeah, I'd say that I make sure everything is a lot more curated. But I think it's also because I have a space for a longer amount of time. Whereas when you know there's an end to it, you're like, oh, well, what's the point of buying that mirror or printing off that painting because I'm leaving? But really, it's important that you get home and it's like this is such a nice place. Yeah, it's like you want to be home. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I think that, I mean, this is also how your priorities change, because I think when you start working, you're not going to go out every night. That's no. just not realistic. So you are going to go home and I feel like most people want to come home to like a nice place. Yes. So, yeah. Exactly. And the quote today feeds into the idea of what you were saying before. Um, so I think it's it's going to sum it up quite nice. It's from Oscar Wilde. And it's most people are other people their thoughts are someone else's opinions and their lives a mimicry their passions a quotation and I just want to hear your quick thoughts on this one
1: I really like the fact that people are basically other people the first part of that quote is my favorite part because that's exactly what we've been talking about Mm -hmm. especially with our pillars and priorities and in each one there's people and you know those are our priorities well because we put them there and our priorities obviously make us who we are If my priority is buying a house, moving in with uh, my partner or, um, you know, moving away to grab a career opportunity, that makes me who I am. I'll be focused on what I'm doing. Um, So, yeah, definitely. I want to say that I agree with that quote. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want to say. And that we are other people. And that's why it's so important to decide who we surround ourselves with because we are those people. Um, and that is fundamentally why our groups become smaller as we grow up because there might be people that we're surrounded by that we're you know I don't actually want to be that close to you because you maybe do things with your time that I don't agree with and I don't want to start being influenced by that and you know there's no need to tell that person that but you can start distancing Mm -hmm. yourself or finding other people that you have more things in common because as you said our priorities change as we grow up and they should change Because when you're young, you should dedicate time to celebrating life and going out. And also, even midway through life, you should do that. But your priorities change. And if those around you are not wanting to make those same changes, then you need to find maybe some other people that you can talk to about your changes that actually have opinions and um, want to talk about those changes. Because they're also going through them.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think it's also to a certain extent like respect to the people that you've maybe known for a really long time Mm -hmm. to then just be like okay you're a friend that I've known for 10 15 years Mm -hmm. and you will always be my really good friend but I will not go to Mm -hmm. you if I have like a job crisis because I know this is something that you don't really dedicate time and effort to and then me talking to you about this issue I'm going to be wasting your and my time Mm -hmm. Yeah. so I think this is also important that you just yeah as you said earlier as well you have certain friends for certain things in life and that definitely changes throughout of
1: course even your closest closest friend there might be certain things that they might not fully grasp or understand and yeah that's also my parents are there exactly so for moments of crisis for sure we're not sure who else to
0: go to yeah and so and now I have a fun last question Mm. um because we're talking a lot about identity Mm -hmm. and I think when we graduated there was this trend that is still going on right now, that you go travel after your school to find yourself Right (laughs) (laughs) I mean (laughs) I feel like by snapping no, like I I respect the idea, of course course. because you should always travel to educate yourself I think travelling is like one of the main things, if you don't have the, I'm going to call it Luck or luxury to have lived in a lot of different cities. I think the next best thing you can do is just travel mm. to have this influence of different cultures. But I think a lot of people use it as like an escapism technique. But yeah, I just I'm gonna stop now and let you let you know. Definitely, and I'm curious
1: about your opinion <laughs> as well after. Um, so, I first of all want to start by saying that, of course, I also respect people who, who do that. I also think you know. Um, there's no point in being a person that thinks that everything that, what I do is what everyone else should be doing if that's not what they're doing, you know those people aren't my friends, no (laughs) because that would defeat the purpose of everything that we've said Mm today. so I very much um, agree with, you know if that's what you want to do, that's fantastic and we all want to travel, you know when we have holidays, what we want to do with the time is travel so everybody wants to do that Uh, I personally agree with doing it in doses but, um... You know, if you want to take time off and go because you need to sort of liberate yourself and let yourself uh, free, that's one thing. But I think if you are escaping a problem and going, saying I'm taking a year out or going somewhere um, for half a year because you have a fundamental issue and rather than facing it, you're going to go traveling um, to clear your mind and find yourself you won't find it in Indonesia <laughs> or wherever it is you're going. If that's the case, you should take time out. Yes, you should. But you should sit down and say, okay, what is it? A career change? Have I gone into the wrong career? That's completely normal. Uh, I think, mm, who was it that told me? Was it like Tori Birch, a super famous designer who was literally a doctor and became then Tori Bircher? I can't remember if it was name. And then became a designer at 40. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah, one of those big names. That's needs. so cool. Um, and again, you Dior only really started designing at 39. Mm-hmm. So these people do not start when they're 21, like we're all expected to when we graduate. So that's completely normal that you have that. But then, you know, in this day and age, there's a billion people that are coaches, career coaches, life coaches, and that's for a reason. Look for sources, I think, is what um, you should do because that's the fundamental crisis of identity if you're escaping a problem. And the only thing that will make you feel better is probably to, you know, face that and then go traveling. And, you know, well, you know what, I've decided I don't want to work in consulting anymore and I want to go work for a magazine because I love writing and I love um, skincare and I Mm want to go apply for write it, being an editor of the skincare part of Vogue, I don't know, or mm-hmm. wherever, wherever you want to work. And okay, you've established that, uh, maybe you start making a few applications and you go traveling for uh, four months cause until they get back to you, Cause maybe right now we're in a really bad time and it's pretty hard to find a job. Okay, maybe that's on the crisis, maybe it's a boyfriend-girlfriend crisis, it can be anything. But I think face the fundamental problem first. And ask for help. I think that that's like become really taboo. That we're supposed to have everything together mm-hmm. because that's what we see online. Everyone it out at thirty yeah. in the morning and make juice. And I mean, I do that, but not at five a.m. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I do it at a normal time, <laughs> not in the middle of the night. And you know, yes, I have. I would say I considerably have my shit together. But no, I'm no hero. I have a lot of doubts about different things as well in my life. Um, And the only thing that makes me feel better is to face them and talk about them. When I talk about the doubt or when I talk about, you know, I personally would love to start my own uh, business. I'm trying to work on that. And until I started talking about it out loud, it was such a fake, fake news lie. It was nothing. And it was only when I started talking about it, writing it down, speaking to a professional in the industry, that it became real. I was like, you know what, I can actually do this, maybe part time for now and it's the same with anything does that idea scare me? yes a lot (laughs) it scares me a lot because most startups fail and I'm very very aware of that and I think it's about facing that um, that issue and you know this kind of business idea startup will probably become a part of my identity it will consume all of my time at one point or hopefully not but 70% of it most likely and I'm not gonna allow myself to you know if it then fails be like oh I'm just gonna get out of this and go traveling for a year now. But I do think that at the same time, traveling does open your eyes. So I think it's very important that we travel. And um, actually, uh, well, my startup kind of industry is all in the creative. So one of the most best things i can knew is actually travel and see cultures and colors and fabrics and textures uh, as much as possible, uh, because that's where, for example, artists make their best paintings and, designers maybe find the most amazing fabric in the middle of in market in India. Mm-hmm. Um, so traveling is super important, but I don't think it should be used as an escape mechanism. I think it should be used as something that enhances you, not as a, uh, as a place of comfort. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Well, bringing it back to the identity question in that question, you know, you won't find your identity exactly. when you go traveling. But you might feel inspired, so what you can do is enhance your identity and become, you know, more, learn about new cultures, have cool stories for your friends that maybe haven't been to those countries, learn about the people from there, like when we learned a bit about Mayan culture recently Mm -hmm. in Mexico, and, you know, open up your eyes and your horizon, enhance yourself, but don't, like, fix anything that's going
0: on. I think that's a really nice end to the episode thank you so much for going on this journey (laughs) of identity with me and i hope you guys got a little bit inspired by today's topic and i'll talk to you guys in the next episode Bye. bye